This is a show that brings to the forefront newsmakers, entertainers, and those making a difference in our lives and in our world. Each week is a new adventure with topics ranging from the most serious and cutting edge to the most lighthearted and entertaining. This is Taking Care of Business with Richard Solomon. Greetings, everyone. Richard Salmon and Antonio Sion for Rocket Green Radio. And today, we're going to have to say Yasu and Kalimera. So for all the people out there in Greece who may be listening, because uh, our guest is actually uh, from Greece, her name is Anastasia Zotos, and uh, she is a, a wonderful guest and uh, with a great story. And welcome to our show. And I know you got up really, <laughs> you got up really early for this. Um, so welcome to the show. Sadly, we don't need to have Greek coffee or raki to give you, but, you know, we'll have to work on that. Kalimera, <laughs> thank you very much for having me here. All right. So anyway, a, a big Afghanistan for coming and, and being a part of our show. Uh, as, you know, as, as you know, we've, we um, embrace environmental pioneers, and you're certainly one of those. And I have a feeling that you're one of the envir- environmental pioneers of Greece right now. Well, uh, one that's, of them. A, that's a good question. <laughs> one, of, one of them, yes. Okay. I don't really know how many of us there are here. Uh, I mean, it, you know, this all, everything that's happening now nowadays, and especially all over the world, it's it's pretty new uh, to to Greece and to the Greek people in general. So, I I guess I could say that, yes. Well, see, I guess a couple hundred years ago, the sustainability movement was sort of just. Life itself, which was you ate local food. They didn't use pesticides. Sure. <laughs> you know, you had yes. your you had your fuslaikia and a cup of coffee, and you were good. <laughs> yes, and and you know what's really interesting about that is that it still kind of exists here to a certain level. I mean, aside from the pesticides, of course, uh, right. but you know, a lot of the sustainable daily uh, lifestyle habits that we have here continue to be that way in Greece, whereas. You know, every time I go back to the States, I always mark that huge difference uh, that exists with that. So really, we're a lot of things that, you know, not even 100 years ago, but probably about 30 years ago in Greece, you can still see a lot of the things that we're trying to actually bring back into our daily habits. Well, the great thing is the Mediterranean diet. Yes. Which is probably the, one, of the, one of the healthier diets out there. But we'll, let me not digress. So let's talk about what you're doing in Greece uh, in terms of st- sustainability and environmentalism, because it's really cool. Why don't you share with all of our listeners, both in Greece and yeah, in America and around Rich, the world? I, hmm? Richard, I, I like I like her to talk about how you know with that, but I like her to talk like uh, from Seattle. How did you go from Seattle mm. to Greece and then build? You build up uh, being sustainable in that country. That's what you know. And then go on with Richard said. You know, give us a little background about yourself. How did you go from Greece to, you know, how did you go from Seattle to Greece and then build build on that? Well, it's kind of interesting how things kind of fell into place because I didn't really plan this. Um, it's, I was, you know, born and raised in, in Seattle. I went to the university, uh, in Seattle and then decided that I kind of wanted to go on an adventure and, and try living out in Greece, uh, moving to Greece for about a year or so. Uh, that was 20 plus years ago. Um, when I was at the university in Seattle, I had taken an elective class that was, uh, 
um, in, in environmental science. I don't even remember the exact title of it. My professor was excellent. He kind of got me interested in thinking about the whole environmental side of things. And being an outdoors type of person, I was interested in, you know, um, anything that had to do with nature, but not knowing much about it. I was a business major, so, you know, they really didn't have much in common, and especially back then. So I ended up, you know, going on my little adventure. I came to Greece. I, you know, decided not to stay just a year, but kind of time passed by and ended up staying longer, got married, uh, started a family. Uh, but there was something kind of itching, you know, uh, about the whole environmental side of um, what I had, those classes that I had taken back at the university. So I was actually pregnant with my first child, and I started searching for master's programs that had to do with environmental science, not even really knowing what I was looking for. Um, and I was searching for different things abroad, maybe a distance program, wasn't really, didn't know what direction to go in. And this was about 16 years ago. So the whole sustainability side of things was pretty much non-existent here in Greece. And really, you know, as far as studies were concerned, it wasn't something that you found very easily. Uh, so I came across this program uh, that a master's program, which happened to be a distance learning program, uh, that was at a Greek university on the island of Lesbos, uh, which is a remote island, and it was quite surprising to to find something like that, you know, here in Greece. So I started to search into it, look into it a little bit further, and it actually was a program that was really um, along the lines of what I was looking for, even though I didn't know what I was looking for, and it was the environmental policy and management program. So in the meantime... You know, I was pregnant, I had my child, uh, was thinking about t- doing this program, but, you know, time is, you know, kind of passing. Uh, pregnant with my second child, I'm still thinking about this program. Uh, wanted to go take exams to, to be accepted into program, but I ended up, you know, having my second child on the date and the time of the actual exam. Right. So t- to make a long story short, I finished this program. It really started to make me aware of what could be done as far as sustainability, uh, you know, was concerned. Uh, so I finished up the program and then the crisis hit here. Mm-hmm. So, as you can imagine, uh, the timing is not really, you know, perfect for me to start to explore the market here uh, in Greece. So, we're talking about, you know, 10 years ago now when this all is happening. And again, sustainability is not something, like, people even in Greek still don't really understand what the word sustainability means. I mean, when I use the Greek word for them, they, they don't understand it, really. I mean, a lot of people no, I, look at me... What What is the and, word in Greek? Aiphoria. Uh, okay. And what does that translate so, roughly? Really, it's just exactly what sustainability means. It's just, you know, keeping the uh, the... Uh, things alive and moving and renewable. I mean, it just, it really is what the word sustainability means. But in Greek, it's a new term. It's a term that has existed. It's obviously taken from, I'm sure, some ancient, uh, Greek word, but it's, it, the people don't understand what that means. And I think that generally people don't understand what the whole concept of sustainability is. Um, and so, it, it has been interesting for me because, you know, trying to explain to them, you know, the word in Greek, 
um, I, I find myself in some interesting situations sometimes because, you know, I, I throw out this Greek word, you know, being an, a Greek American. So, you know, when I speak Greek, I do have an accent and they do understand right. that I grew up somewhere else. And so I'm throwing out this Greek word to them many times and they look at me like, how do you know that word and what does it mean? Um, you know, so I, I have to then explain the concept behind it. So, you know, during at that time, during the crisis and trying to get into this whole, you know, field and looking into market possibilities, there was just nothing was happening. And in fact, at that point in time, I just took a step back because, you know, here in Greece and even to this day, you know, a lot of people are just trying to get to survive. Uh, right. So you can't go into businesses when they're closing down left and right and try to sell them the sustainability concept when they can't even keep their doors open. And so it was a really difficult time for me to to try and get into that market. And at the time, I wasn't really sure which direction I wanted to go into. Um, so because there are so many different things that you can do, and I didn't really know if I wanted to go into green buildings, if I wanted to go into, you know, uh, work towards small businesses and maybe, uh, you know, sustainability, you know, practices that they can implement. Did I want to go for the larger companies? I didn't really know at that point in time what I wanted to do because there was no market here for that. Um, so actually a lot of time passed before I was able to sort things out. I was working, uh, looking into schools and doing school programs because I've spent many years in Greece teaching. And, you know, that seemed really familiar to me and some, seemed like something that would be easier to get into. But everything had stopped here. Everything, you know, as far as the economy, I mean, it was, it, just going into my local area and seeing, you know, the local shops, every, I mean, even taking my young children into the, you know, uh, into the market areas and they would comment on how, oh, mom, that store closed. Oh, mom, look, that store closed. Look, everything, I mean, everything was just empty. Stores were closing all over the place. Companies were just, you know, big companies were downsizing to a minimum. So I was kind of stuck at that point. What do I do with this? Um, and uh, then, you know, uh, I can't exactly say that we're in a recovery stage <laughs> at this point in time, but uh, I just kept pursuing the idea of how I would do this. And that's when I kind of came across the idea of sports and sustainability, mm. which Again, I had no idea what I was really, where this idea was taking me, but the idea kind of came to me because a couple of years back I started running and started taking place in, in, you know, run, road races, running races, mm-hmm. um, and was observing all of the waste that was produced during these races and, you know, the plastic bottles and, uh, the fact that they were not being recycled or even, you know, collected properly and so on and so forth. And so the idea started, uh, um, Developing. I started playing, yes, yeah. and I didn't really know where or how, uh, what I was going to do with this. And so then, um, you know, I, I started thinking about talking to the, to the athletic clubs that were putting on these races with, you know, some ideas and introductions from my, my coach. And then things started taking off from there. So 
I was playing with this idea, thinking about what could be done, starting, I was talking to the clubs, and then, um, I was doing different research, you know, through the internet, trying to see what was happening abroad, because none of this existed here, and started to come across different organizations, different practices, sustainability practices in athletics, and then came across, uh, came across SANSI, which is a sports and sustainability international, um, last spring, um, and how they were going to have their, you know, inaugural, uh, conference and so on and so forth and just jumped on that and took the risk and went to Paris to meet all these people. And wow. so basically not knowing really much about what they were doing because they were just starting out, but then starting to learn about the Green Sports Alliance, what was happening in the States, uh, of course, you know, being from Seattle, seeing what was happening in Seattle, getting really excited about it, and then just, you know, pursuing it from there. So that's the story. Wow. That's a very, that's a very good story because you and I are kind of similar in a way because mm-hmm. in the 90s, that word being sustainable didn't exist at all. Right. I, I was a energy consultant for Con Edison before I entered the entertainment business. And uh, their theory, the words they used was energy efficiency, energy conservation. A lot of businesses were starting to move from New York out. How do you keep them in? They gave an incentive program. And the incentive program was that. Let's, sit, let's cut costs in energy by, you know, implementing recycling plans, um, mm-hmm. lowering, lowering their KW, uh, and giving them an incentive to do it. This way, they pay they get a less electricity uh, uh, bill. And then what happens mm-hmm. is instead of Con Edison building power plants, you don't build, you build less. And that's what they mm-hmm. wanted to do. So it started mounting, and then when Al Gore did his film, is mm-hmm. he, he actually, I, I believe that he actually created that work, you know, because mm-hmm. then after that, the whole word of being sustainable, it doesn't just mean, you know, saving energy or energy conservation, it can mean a lot of things, like the food you mm-hmm. eat, the air you breathe, Absolutely. you know, clean mm-hmm. energy, and et cetera. And um, years went by, and all of a sudden, I met a business consultant, and he connected me to a lot of people. I met a musical director on Broadway. He connected me on Broadway, and I fell in love with the entertainment business. I went into producing, and then there I saw a lot of waste. Classics, paper, electric, you know, why aren't they using solar? You know, so many things that, right. that I opened the doors and I went into it full force. You know, so I saw an opportunity, which is a niche, which is something that you have right now. And that's what you saw. Right. You saw a possibility. Hey, this could work here in the sports yes. industry. Let me expand. And, and then you expand. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like basically right now the way I feel because exactly what you just described is how things kind of progressed for me here. And a couple of different things that I'd like to, to say about that is one of the things that I – Let me, let me say I, I we're going to take a break in two minutes. So just, just – Okay. No, okay. But keep okay. going. Keep going. Please. Okay. okay. Uh, so one of the things that I really liked seeing happening with 
the word sustainability is that I remember years ago, even, you know, in the States that the idea of being an environmentalist or environmentally friendly, always people, and especially here in Greece, is that people associate that with like tree huggers and, you know, these hippie type of people that are just out there in nature. And they don't really understand that being environmentally friendly doesn't mean doesn't have that idea what they still have in their head so the nice thing about the word sustainability and in greek especially this is you know where i want to go is that when i use the mm-hmm. greek word instead of saying you know environmentally friendly which kind of give people like oh you're going to check us or uh it's going to cost us money or you guys don't you know you do you live in a fantasy world and that doesn't exist when you throw out this new word in greek the sustainability word they see it in a different way. It's, it's more of a positive, interesting, scientific word to them in some ways that you kind of catch their attention in a different way. Because unfortunately, any time that I've told people that I'm an environmentalist, they kind of look at me in a, in a you know, I try not to use that word so much anymore because it, the term, because it, they, they see it as something that it's going to cost us money instead of actually saving them money. So I like the idea of how things have kind of progressed over the years going from, you know, just exactly how you had, had described it mm-hmm. is that this has all been a process that I think all of us have to go through and, and really figuring out how to make things work in, in, in the end, you know, um, and sure. getting people used to the concept and getting people used to the things that can be done and us figuring out how to do that as well. Uh, so it's been kind of nice, this, this road, and maybe the crisis in many ways has been a good thing here because people are kind of starting over again. And so it's, this could maybe be part of the new beginning for the way that they're dealing with their business practices overall. I mean, I'd like to Absolutely. see it like that. Anyways. Well, well, let's take it right here. Uh, this is Richard Solomon, Antonio Sayant, and Anastasia Zoltos from Greece. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we'll be right back. Keep it locked in. We'll be right back on Rocket Green Radio and Taking Care of Business, a co-production. Keep it right here. Hi, this is Rory Cosgrove, and you're listening to Rich Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM. All right, welcome back, or as they say in Greek, uh, Yasu and Afkadi uh, store for listening. <laughs> so this is uh, Richard Solomon and Antonio Seon, and we are the people from Rocket Green Radio, uh, the show that uh, features and promotes environmental entrepreneurs and uh, uh, eco-pioneers. And we have a very special guest uh, who's in Greece, Anastasia Zotos. And uh, so thanks again for uh, being with us today. And you're telling this really great story about um, your, your background. If you could just kind of take it to the next step, uh, because we're all kind of hanging with anticipation. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, so basically, I had started uh, running, and uh, which was something I had never been interested in. And, you know, once I started participating in races, road races, I had actually ran my first marathon. It was the Athens Marathon, which, you know, as you guys probably know, is, you know, thousands of people from all over the world uh, come to that marathon. And I just remember, you know, running, trying to get to the finish line because it was quite a challenge uh, for me. And still, when when you're – I think that when you're aware and you have been sensitized to 
all of the environmental issues, you know, being that I had studied this and started to learn more about it, you just, you see things around you that maybe most people don't really pick up on. And I just remember seeing the waste on the road and uh, wondering, because I knew that even though some recycling efforts have started to take place in Greece, you know, there are certain facts like one, you know, one billion plastic water bottles are used every year in Greece, but only 1% of them are recycled. And I'm thinking these things and I'm thinking, you know, none of this stuff is going to be recycled. You know, we have to start doing something about this. And so I thought that, you know, the races would be a really nice way to start to send that message out to people of how they can, you know, be environmentally friendly on all levels. So I wasn't really focusing so much at that point. I'm still trying to, you know, develop these ideas of what I want to do, how I can start to work in anything that has to do with environmental issues. And I thought this would be, you know, sports and these races would be a great way to send this message out to people. And so then I started thinking, well, maybe I should, you know, contact the athletic clubs and see what I can, uh, you know, do with that. Not really knowing where this would go and having no idea uh, what had started, you know, over 10 years ago in the States through the Green Sports Alliance. I had I did not know anything about that at all. So I, my coach who, you know, is, a, is, has done incredible things with his running career in, in Greece, uh, knew a lot of people and he started introducing me to, um, you know, presidents of different athletic clubs, small clubs, small running clubs here in, in Athens, but not only. And, you know, of course I, I threw out this idea of what about let's, let's, you know, give this race a green uh, feeling to it. So they really didn't know what I was talking about, but yet they liked the idea. So again, here what I found is that the Greek people are very open to environmental practices or sustainability practices, but they have no idea what that means. And not by any fault of their own, it's just that there's there's no understanding. This is not this is not a part of um, you know what it's now starting to, to, people are starting to become more aware of what that could possibly mean. Because anytime they hear something that has to do with environmental stuff, they just think that not throwing your garbage on the street as you're walking down the street is being environmentally friendly. They don't understand, you know, that there's a lot more behind the whole idea to that. So I'm talking to some of these um, uh, presidents about, you know, making their events green and they're like, sure, great, that's great, let's do it. But, you know, basically that meant come to our event. Uh, we cannot help you or give you any resources whatsoever, whether it was, you know, uh, financial or, you know, people to help me do mm-hmm. any part of this, uh, you know, greening in the event. I mean, they just basically say, come and do whatever you want to do. Uh, of course, you know, not being you know, paid in any way to do this. Um, and I wasn't really looking for that at the, at the beginning anyway, just because I was kind of playing with the idea of how, where this can go. And I wanted to try out and see what I can do and experience, you know, to see what, what problems I might encounter, the barriers and everything else along with it. So for me, it was more of a learning experience in the beginning. And again, not having any idea what was going on abroad and with different things like with what the Green Sport Alliance does and so on and so forth. Um, so I would go to these uh, clubs, be a part of their events, but 
basically that included me trying to make them understand what they could do as uh, an organizing committee um, and then bringing environmental awareness to their event. And that was pretty much the first couple of steps of what I did. So my first project was, you know, being a part of the organizing committee, uh, trying to explain to them what could be done, immediately understanding that there were no resources available on any level. I was, you know, basically just out there trying to make them understand, educate them, let's say, make them aware of what could be done, and then being left on my own to do whatever I could do by myself. Um, and so I took that as, well, at least I can send out a message. If nothing else, well, I can yeah. start to make people understand that this is something that can be done. And exposing – basically what I wanted to do is I wanted to get to an event. I would set up, set up my stand. I would have, you know, you know some posters up. Uh, you know, my running green posters that I put together with different statistics. I had made some, you know, flyers that, uh, um, people could take with them or gave them to the runners, you know, cause they usually have their little runner's bag that they take with them and stuff like that. And I just wanted to start to make people think about this. And uh, the first couple races that I went to that were small races, you know, I had some people come by and ask me a couple of questions. People would come by and read the posters. Uh, the organizing committee was, you know, would, basically just help me get that exposure and help people understand a couple of things about it. But that was it. Uh, there was nothing. Any sponsors? Any sponsors no. came? To, like, no. Is that would, no. that would, uh, no. especially if you're dealing with water, you know, um, any companies no. out there? That, so we're talking that, grassroots, right? Just the, well, <laughs> is that what it, no, yeah. come on. There's, it, when you're talking about running, there's got to be water. Right, so uh, that's what I'm talking about. Right, exactly. So maybe a company that supplies the water uh, would sponsor you because it's green, and uh, you publicize you publicize them in a PR way, and it would benefit Mm -hmm. you know, or any it could be anything, any uh, the any even small business. That's that's the plan, right? Yes, and that's the plan. But you know what basically happens at these running events. And mostly the smaller uh, running events is that I they the organizing committee has sponsors and the way that these people usually sponsor the events is that they will give their product and then be able to advertise there. So there's really no there's no sponsoring as far as uh, financial and if it is it's usually pretty small and it's enough to help the organizing committee or these clubs kind of you know, survive or maintain and, and, you know, do the, the things that they need to do in order to put on these races. But the plan is, and this is the way I was thinking about it, is exactly that. It's like, okay, let this, and this is one of the ways that I approach these, uh, these, uh, clubs is I was telling them, okay, this, if you put your, make your event green, it will help you to get sponsors because they do want to associate themselves and especially the, the, uh, water uh, suppliers, uh, want to give that, send that message that they're environmentally friendly and, um, are willing to participate in that. But we're still at the beginning stages because a lot of the people don't really get, you know, the, they don't make that connection yet. And again, we're still in a crisis. And so people don't, are not always able to allocate, you know, money for these types of sponsor programs. They're able to give a couple thousand bottles of water or, you know, some, 
a couple of different, you know, things that they use at the at the races and stuff like that. But much more than that, they're not so willing at this point in time to do it. So I'm working on that, and I'm, I see that this could be something that's happening. And you know, uh, I can give you an example well, of. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, because it's a a running situation. You know, it's an event. Um, you can get a lot of advertisers. It doesn't have to be Greece. You could go out, even in the United States, and get sponsors from the United States to do it at your event or advertising hmm. or anything. Because uh, people do that, even in Africa. I have a friend that does that, you know, and, and starts really? events in Africa and gets money from here, charities, grants, you know, when they see mm-hmm. fit because when it comes, this is not a United States and America effort. This is a, a global effort now. So, like, yeah, for instance, right. you're talking about Paris, right? So, if you network mm-hmm. in Paris, you could get people to come on board uh, that mm-hmm. might like to finance what you're doing because it, it's helping you, it's helping Greece, and it's helping them, too. Um, that's what we deal in the but, film well, that's industry, right. too. No, go ahead. But that's, that's an excellent uh, idea, actually. And, you know, I think that... I haven't even really thought about doing that. And, you know, definitely now that you gave me that idea, I'm going to look into it because really what's happening for me personally and as a professional is that a lot of this is starting to, to gain momentum, you know, in the last year and a half or so for me. So I'm kind of a one-man show here and trying to put together a lot of different ideas and do a lot of different things at the same time. So grants and and such are, you know, quite time consuming for me to look into that while trying to do everything else at the same time. Um, and so, but I know that those are things that should be done, but I think that, you know, that that's definitely a good idea to, to look abroad for that as far as sponsorships. And I know that, uh, some of the clubs that I work with would be interested in and would love to have that as a, as a possibility. And, you know, I mean, there are two examples that I'd, I'd like to, to give as far as what I've experienced here, just so you can have an idea, too, of the, of the barriers that we go through and that what I go through, too, is, is trying to put these things together, is right. that one um, of the races that I worked on uh, was on uh, a, an island here in Greece. It was a half marathon race, and uh, the organizing committee the athletic club that was putting this together was working with an athletic club in on this island, on the island of Andros, and mm-hmm. they were also working with the local municipality. So they're putting together this event. I knew the president of the organizing committee. Uh, my coach had introduced me to him, and he was very willing and, and open to the idea of putting this together. We had actually worked on a couple of, other, of his other races here in Athens, but those were pretty much my first projects. Uh, you know, more environmental awareness and not much more than that. So I, I find out that they're working hand in hand with the municipality. So I thought, great. I knew that Andros, uh, had a, a recycling company on the island, which is not that easy or common. So I thought, great. Again, this is going to be perfect. So I get into contact with the, uh, the municipality. And the first thing that they told me is that what ex- we like your idea. We cannot help you in any way. We have no funds to participate this in any way. Um, 
do whatever you can, and that's pretty much it. So basically, uh, I contact. I'm sorry. No, you're back to square one, I guess. <laughs> Get off. Right, right. So you know, I'm thinking that this is this is going to be, you know, because they're working with the municipality, that this is going to be um, easier, let's say. So I did contact the recycling uh, company on behalf of the municipality, which was great. I mean, at least I was able to connect with them, and they were, you know, because of of that, I they were willing to help also. And, you know, I, I, they, they helped me as much as they could, let's say. Uh, but in the end, uh, you know, we have this wonderful event that was very festive. It was a local community coming together. Uh, you're on this beautiful island. Uh, you have all the local people cooking the traditional Greek dishes that they're serving afterwards. It was like a nice little party afterwards. It was really wonderful. They put together a really nice, uh, you know, Greek dancing, the music. There was raki, there was wine, there was everything else you love, know, going on the there. Rocky. And I had set up the recite. Yes. <laughs> and it was really a great, fun, uh, beautiful day. And I had, you know, set up the recycling bins. It wasn't just environmental awareness. We had arranged to, you know, measure our waste afterwards, uh, send it to the recycling company right away. Uh, the water stations had, you know, I had arranged with them for them all to bring back their waste so we could make sure that everything was taken care of properly. And, you know, it was almost in a way chaos because I was again by myself trying to put this stuff together and I was trying to stop the people, the hundreds of people that were there from putting their recyclable materials in the wrong bins, the organic waste in the wrong bins. Um, wow. Everything was getting mixed up. At the, so basically what I'm trying to say is that even though, you know, we took it a step further, things were looking good at the beginning. When you don't even have the human resources to help you put things together, in the end, it you know, we probably recycled maybe 20% of what we could have if we would have had 10 people sitting there just helping people understand which bin they're supposed to put their waste into, you know, simple things, basic things. Uh, so there, there's a lot that needs to be done as far as making them aware of where this could go and, and, you know, how this can happen. And if, you know, the resources are limited when it comes to those types of things. How about reaching uh, into your, so, I'm sorry, how about reaching into your Seattle connections? I haven't really looked into that, honestly, because I think that, first of all, I didn't really think, I didn't know how interested the people would be in in helping out here. You know, because it is a global issue, I think a lot of people concentrate, or I, I like the fact that people are concentrating in their communities and working from there, because I think that's how it should happen. And, you know, like, for example, this example with Andros, I know that next year, if they want to put this event together again and again make it green, I know that I can, you know, take it again a step further. But I wonder sometimes, I guess I've never looked into that as an as an option because I didn't know how interested people would be in helping out over here. We're interested. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing. We're in New York and we're very interested. I'm sorry, we're in sorry. New York. We're interested. A lot yeah. of people are very interested in. It's all about one minute. The environment. One more minute. It's about yeah. the environment. It's about look. Like I said, this is. It's great that people are helping your community, 
but you have to help globally, you know, wherever you can, because um, even if you do lectures to, you know, different universities, teaching this to kids Mm -hmm. and then getting paid for it, universities paying for you, schools paying for you, and then you, you can take the money and reinvest it in what you're doing, too. We got to take a quick break. We're out of time. In this segment, we'll be right back. Rich Solomon, Antonio Sayant, and Anastasia Zotos. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Jeff Madsen with Dark Star Orchestra, and you're listening to Richard Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM. Welcome back. Richard Solomon, Antonio Sayant, and Anastasia Zotos. And she's from Athens, Greece. And uh, we're continuing our discussion um, on sustainability in Greece, specifically with respect to uh, what Anastasia is doing in, in sports in Greece. But as we were talking in the prior two segments, although she's doing things locally, um, what, what she's really touching upon is a global movement and the awakening of a lot of people that this is really a worldwide phenomenon. So why don't we continue in that vein? And, and just keep going. So, so to continue, let, let's talk about, do you have a company name? Do you have contact information? How, how can people find you if they need to uh, get in touch with you, especially if they want to uh, learn more, especially in Greece, because we'll post this in places where people from Greece can actually access this. Okay. Uh, yes, I do have a company name, and it's actually Zoten, uh, Z-O-T-E-N, uh, which was suggested to, to me years ago from a, an old student of mine uh, who helped me put together my first website. And he said, why don't you picture part of your last name with E-N for environment? And that's kind of how the name came about. So I do have a website. Uh, it's, you know, www.zoten.gr because it's here in, in Greece. And, you know, Twitter and, and uh, Facebook page and and that's, there's different ways of, of connecting, uh, with me. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, basically in, in the last year or so, I've, I've been able to kind of expand to a couple other, uh, you know, athletic projects, uh, also. And just now, actually last week, finished up a really interesting one, uh, which did get more international exposure because, um, the the race, even though it was very small in the participants, and I'll explain why, um, it's the idea and it's international, I think, uh, um, uh, demand will probably increase in, in coming years. It's a, it's a road race from Athens to Sparta, to Sparta, and then back to Athens. So that is a total of 490 kilometers. Um, and it's basically, it's based on a, the, you know, historical event of Philippides, who was a messenger in ancient times that had to run to Sparta and back in order to ask for help, um, for the, you know, the Athenians were asking the Spartans for help to come up and help them with their wars and right. so on and so forth. It's a long, it's a long story, but it's very historical. It's very interesting. And this was the third year that this race, uh, took place. And it actually, out of the 30 participants, it's only 30 participants, uh, which is understandable because it's quite uh, a grueling and difficult uh, race, uh, half of them were from abroad, abroad meaning outside of Greece. And 
so, you know, I did see that the international exposure as far as what we're trying to do here, um, uh, you know, has started to increase. And, you know, some of the people that were there were much more aware, let's say, of, of sustainability practices. I don't think it was such a foreign idea to them, which was great for the organizing committee as well, because then they were able to see that, yes, this is something that uh, people understand and are aware of. And so the good thing about this race is that, I mean, we're talking 490 kilometers of of road that, you know, with the waste and everything else. So obviously, again, with very limited resources, uh, we had good communication with all of the volunteers that participated, you know, in the water stations along the way. Um, uh, and I was able to really talk to the people about um, the organizing committee was excellent in helping me to send this message out to people. Um, so, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is that a very small race like this, as far as, you know, the participants, I think had a really big impact because there was, you know, the opening ceremony, let's say for this, a closing ceremony where I was able to speak to the people again about our, our mission and our goal. And I do see that, that this ended up being a really, had a really good impact on, on, um, people here in Greece. And also I think it's, is, is going to start to work to, you know, spread the word abroad as well. You know, and, and actually, uh, the one at, last year uh, where I had not worked on the organizing committee with the sustainability side, but I was a volunteer with one of the water stations, there was an American uh, uh, runner who it was a woman, the only woman that took place and took part in the race, and she actually got first place as well. Um, and I can't remember her but her name. So I do see that people from abroad are interested in this type of thing, and hopefully it will start to bring exposure to what we're trying to do here with these athletic clubs uh, as well. Well, let me just say it's, one thing real fast. So Your email is info at zoten.gr? That's correct. All right, good, because um, we'll post that when we post this in YouTube sure. and in other places where we get a chance to write some stuff up. We'll make sure that both your website and your email address are listed because I'm sure that people will be really interested in following up uh, from this interview because I'm sure they'll, you know, have questions and maybe have ideas and you never know if there's a sponsor or two out there that may want to contact you. That would be wonderful. Do you, uh, and you know, go ahead. Do you, do you, do you lecture at universities or schools and maybe, uh, no, at universities, no, go ahead. I have, I have, because I have a very strong teaching background from all the years that I've taught here in, in right. Greece. Um, I do not teach at the university or lecture at the university. What I have done is I have done some uh, school programs. There's, it's difficult because to get into the public schools, um, you have to go through the Ministry of Education. You have to get special, uh, you know, um, approvals in order to do that um, on, you know, basically with PTAs, organizations, I've been able to talk to some schools and get kids involved. One great thing, though, is um, uh, the One More Generation. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, we happen to know them. <laughs> oh, we certainly yes. know them, yes. They're, they're wonderful. They are amazing, amazing kids. And they uh, contacted me uh, not too long ago, you know, interested in, in spreading the word here in Greece. And so since then, uh, I've pretty much got my two children involved and uh, a couple of friends 
of ours kids. I've got put together five kids. I think we've got a sixth one that's coming into our group now. Uh, and I've been spending time, you know, educating them on plastic pollution. We're getting ideas together to do the one less straw campaign here. Oh, Linda Booker. So we're actually working on that. I'm sorry. Very good. Yeah, we know Linda Booker because we had her on the show too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Linda Booker was on the yeah, show yeah. too. I met her at the Green Festival. So, yes, I mean. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. <laughs> but they, and I, what I see is that people from abroad are really interested in Greece and helping, you know. And again, like I said, when I had gone to Paris back in May uh, to the Sansi uh, uh, conference, I was, I, I mean, it was amazing. First of all, the connections and the networking that I was able to do there. Um, the fact, I mean, one of the greatest experiences for me as far as that was like, I had no idea what to expect, really didn't know what was going on with sports and sustainability abroad, you know, just took the risk really just to go out there and, and see, not knowing anybody, not knowing, you know, what was going to happen there. Um, and I remember, you know, when we, when I was in the room with the, during the conference and, you know, we had, I think probably about 130 people at the, at the conference from, I think there was, I, I don't remember how many countries, but there was a pretty large global representation there. And I remember sitting in the room and just thinking, okay, listening to everything that was happening around the world and, you know, things that were already actually moving ahead at, you know, just wonderful, amazing things. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm not crazy. These ideas that I've been playing with were all just, you know, uh, validified in, 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 in what, what I saw happening there and just was amazed and excited. And since then had so many connections through, uh, the sports and sustainability international. I'm working with them on their program development committee, um, and just learning so much and so incredibly grateful for, you know, the support that they're giving me here, uh, you know, in, in Greece. And it's just, I'm just really lucky with, with what happened, uh, with that. Because it's your destiny. That's what here you, you, I it's, guess I'm just, you know, things really do just fall into place. But, you know, sometimes I had, I was trying to explain to somebody, the, it, it, I'm sorry? It does fall into place. It is falling into place. I mean, it does. how do you, how do you explain it, somebody coming from Seattle and, uh, to Greece and then you're running and, you're aware of all this while you're running and you, you study environmental, right? You became a consultant. You are a consultant and you saw this image, this vision, and now you're creating it and you're doing it step by step, but it's all, it's, it's like a puzzle. It's all working out. It's all get, coming together it, it, and, it, and it's working exactly out. Exactly that. It's a puzzle. It's, yeah. I, I have been, uh, amazed and uh, think about that how things have, have actually progressed over the years and really just, you know, at some point thinking that the timing was off, but in the end thinking that the timing's really not off. Everything is just the pieces of the puzzle, exactly just how you said, are just really falling into place at the right time. And I, I, I mean, it's exciting for me because it's a passion. I'm, I'm very passionate about this. I love the, the whole concept. The fact that I was able to, bring sports and sustainability together and, and really pursue that. Uh, never being a runner, if you, I mean, I was always athletic, but I hated running. And just the fact that I was able to get into running, meet my coach who started to, you know, introduce me to people and then just how things just 
progressed along the way and getting to Paris to, to network with all these wonderful people and realizing that I was not actually insane in these ideas because I had recently, I was explaining to somebody what I do or try, I'm trying to do here. And his actual response to me was, you know what, Anastasia, that sounds like a really interesting idea, but it sounds like a science fiction film to me. So, you know, people are still at that level of, of how they're taking in this whole idea. So even though they, they think it's a wonderful idea, they think it's so far into the future that that's not going to happen here in Greece. I don't think that's the case. I think that this is going to take off and, uh, you know, because the Greeks are open-minded about things like this. It's just, you know, they, it's the practical side of it that they have to be able to put things together. You know, well, again, well, I have well, another project well, coming let me, up. Well, let me ask you one question. The beaches, they're very beautiful and blue, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The beaches in Greece? That's yeah. what you tell people. Look yeah, how beautiful yeah. this is. Look how beautiful this is. Let's keep the land like that too. Beautiful. <laughs> well, I, I noticed from your Facebook um, uh, pages that you have a lot of stuff on ocean plastic, mm-hmm. and we've actually covered a lot of that mm-hmm. uh, in other shows. Uh, in fact, many you'd be surprised for all the people out there listening. If this is the first time you're listening to Rocket Green Radio, we've covered uh, the, the problem of plastic straws. Uh, ocean plastic, uh, climate change, um, disappearing elephants, uh, you know, disappearing species, you know, you know, the whole bit. So we, uh, you know, uh, the agribox growing food and, uh, uh, in, you know, environmentally sound self-contained units, apartment farming. Uh, we've had that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, really. And, and, uh, and the explorer. You know, and then, uh, of course, uh, the, the people actually go to the rainforest and look for medicinal plants and then try to grow them here to, to get things that are antimicrobial or antibiotic, given the fact that a lot of things are already antibiotic resistant. So we really do cover a lot. And what's interesting is the world seems to be sprinkled with a lot of people just like Anastasia who are really pioneers. We, we This show actually – highlights the biographies of all these early pioneers. You know, there's a computer store in my neighborhood and there's like a poster of all the guys uh, who started, you know, computing, you know, some of the very unknown companies. We're not talking about the big giants, but the guy that invented like Fortran and, and C++ and, you know, whatever, Dyson and, the you know, the, the Radio Shack Tiras computer. And there's like a little Hall of Fame sort of for all these people. And in many ways, we're the Hall of Fame of the first wave of environmental pioneers. And you're part of that Hall of Fame. You have to understand how important what you're doing really is. is I feel it's important. And I, and, and I think that, you know, I, just the fact that, that people like you have, have showed that interest, for me, you have no idea how encouraging that is. Because like I said, it's, it's sometimes it gets kind of lonely around here because you're trying to do lots of different things at the same time. I'm, I'm getting people's attention. People are interested. I'm really actually much more pleasantly surprised about the way that they respond to things. But, you know, Greece and historically Greece has always just, you know, had one barrier after another, one obstacle after another that they try to overcome. And, you know, the recent, the recent crisis here has, has, really put things, you know, behind schedule, let's say, in comparison with the global movement. But 
I know and I've seen again and again that once the Greek people get moving, they really are able to accomplish so much. And I think that it's just we're right at that crossroads now where things are going to start to move ahead. Because like I said, anybody that sees what I'm doing or I talk to, they they are excited about it, but they think that it's an impossible, you know, task. And then once I start to explain to them what's happening, you know, and how things, you know, is not that, you know, especially with sports and sustainability, from what I understand, it's not like it's been going on for 50 years and now we're just no. catching up. It's fairly recent, this movement. And, you know, in Paris, I heard from quite a few people and some people from the Green Sports Alliance that were telling me that, you know, Anastasia, this is a pretty new thing for us here. You know, 10, 15, 10, 12 years is not a very long time. And no. what they've done, of course, yeah. is amazing in that period of time. But it's really not a long time to see what has been done. And I think that here in Greece, it's just a matter of time before it takes off. Well, look, we, we are on seeing... All levels, and not just with road races. I'm sorry. Well, we see, what we're seeing in like the United States, at least, is much more organic food than we've ever seen in sort of the mainstream supermarket. So that's very encouraging to see um, in sort of the bigger retail national stores, uh, organic, uh, organic milk, organic this, organic mm-hmm. that, organic cereals, uh, organic oils, organic olive oil. It's really, mm-hmm. really, really nice to see that in comparison to 10 years ago, um, you had to go to a specialty store or just a niche marketplace or order it from a, 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 a small source right. supplier. Wow, we're almost out of time. We have a minute left. Is there, is there any parting comment you want to make in 30 seconds um, that we haven't covered? Oh, um, gosh, I don't know. Uh, I think I think that there's so much to talk about. I mean, I'm just I'm. Then, I guess I'm just really grateful for everything that's that's been happening so far, and that you know. There's not something specific that I can think of right now. I'm just really excited about everything that's happening and the support that I'm getting from everybody, uh, you know, abroad and globally and especially in Europe, the people that I've been work I've been working with. It's just been great. And I know that future projects are going to be uh, you know, one step at a time more successful as I've seen so far with what I've been working on. It's just, you know, baby steps, but you know, we get somewhere with those and it's We'll start running pretty soon here in Greece, too. All right. So we're out of time. Thank you so much. Uh, come back uh, in the future. We'd love to have you. Richard Salman, Antonio Sion, and As- Anastasia Zotu, uh, Zotos, uh, and uh, Zoten.gr. We'll see you in a week. Thanks. Thanks.